1: Fired up NFL Draft podcast with your host Daniel Gear and Mitch Wolf. Mitch, how you doing today?
0: I'm doing great. Always happy to be on and talking prospects.
1: So today we are going to do the top five interior defensive linemen for the 2022 NFL Draft based on our summer scouting. We also have a few honorable mentions to get to at the end. We are going to go one to five because one and two are pretty obvious and. Want to save a little bit of drama a little more towards the end. So let's start off with number one, my number one, and I believe it'll be both of ours, DeMarvin Leal from Texas A&M.
0: Yep, that's who I had. Um, and we talked about it on the last episode, you know, for a guy just with such freaky athleticism who really, I mean, could, we've talked about it, like could play edge at the next level if he wanted to. Um, they're going to play him probably more on the interior this year. So we both kind of want to see him. Be more consistent, especially as a run defender, when he's being an interior defender, and I think that's probably going to happen. So, you know, he's definitely going to probably solidify him as a solidify himself as a top ten pick this upcoming year.
1: Yeah, I completely agree, and just a pretty rare athlete for the defensive tackle position, especially the body composition. You have a guy who looks about twenty pounds lighter, and he is can really add on some more weight if you want to move. If you are worried about his struggles on the interior against the run and you do want to see a few more reps from him on the inside hopefully but he has shown flashes in there but it's inconsistent just because he is not consistently playing there he is typically playing out on the edge but very good player would be one of the top players in pretty much any interior defensive line class even though this is a weaker one again but he is a guy who no matter who is in this class, class would be near the top. So number two, who do you have, Mitch?
0: I definitely think we're going to be aligned here as well. It's Perry and Winfrey, uh, defensive tackle from Oklahoma, um, another freaky athlete, um, guy who's played a lot on the interior, um, who I think at the next level might be playing a little more away from the center, away from being a nose tackle, being more of a three tech, perhaps even a four I. Um, but yeah, another guy who's. Probably more raw than Leal, just based on this being his first season at FBS college football. So, you know, this year, I think we're both kind of hoping he can put together some more of the technically refined aspects of the game in terms of his hand usage, maybe his footwork, even, um, and kind of take that next step into being a lock as a first round pick and, you know, maybe even get into the top half of the first round.
1: Yeah. And as you said, he is a Juco transfer. He does have a good amount of potential there, good athlete. And, Really, if you can get some more consistency, he is the one guy I can really see making that jump into the first round. I think it's going to be tough unless we see massive leaps for anyone else to get out there. It's possible, again, someone, there's typically a few players every class that take a huge leap going into their last year. But unless we see that at the defensive tackle position, I don't really see someone that's in a position right now to pass Winfrey. And with the one year of experience, he is a guy with that higher upside just because he can get technically refined and is already a very productive player despite not being the most technically refined. So good upside as well there. And let's go on to number three. This is where our list will probably start to differentiate a lot. Number three, I value the pass rush a lot here. Haskell Garrett from Ohio State he has significant room to improve against the run and very significant. Mm. It's a major weakness, major question marks. But when we're looking at this class, he's a guy who I believe just has the one of the most him and, and our guy, I will get to later are two of the guys with just one extremely translatable trait. And when you have that I just value that certainty at this point where he has that translatable trait, even though the rest of his game is a lot weaker and he's a lot less well-rounded than a lot of these are defensive tackles that I have below him. It's just really that one trait that pops that you can get. And hopefully he does improve, but he is an older player. But I would say even now, I would probably pick him lower than where i think some of these other guys will go but just because he is going to be right now a situational player i don't think he can be a full-time player in there i think he's going to come in a lot on passing downs more so than against the run just because of his significant struggles there but really just a guy where he can do his one thing really well yeah i mean this
0: is kind of a philosophical debate about how you value players and their traits like do you want that guy who can you know be serviceable at everything or do you want the guy who's really good at one thing but you know lacks skills in the other so like that's so Garrett is not in my top five spoiler because of those struggles on run defense and that's more of again for me just a value thing like I'm if I were a GM I'm not gonna pound the table for a guy who can only play as a pass rusher really in the you know second or even early third round like I need somebody who I can Rely on to be a contributor on at, on three downs, you know. And if if there's a guy like with special traits who's only a two-down guy, then that's fine. I just don't think Haskell has those necessarily elite traits that would warrant that consideration. Um, so for me, my third guy is Tyler Davis, the nose tackle from Clemson. I really liked him. He was really surprised to me. Um, bit of like a short squat guy. Um but he's got a lot of power in his hands. He's really quick, very athletic, despite his build and his size. Um, he had a bit of a down year this past year, just in terms of like statistics. Um, he also missed some games with injuries, and obviously it was a weird year with COVID and everything. Um, so this year, I'm hoping that he can kind of get back to his 2019 form. And I think especially playing next to guys like Brian Brisey and Miles Murphy should help open up some opportunities for him. But right now he's kind of in that mid to late second round range for me. Uh, just because of his ability to, like I said, contribute on all three downs.
1: Yeah, and we can just kind of get into my number four, then, who is Tyler Davis. And a guy that I did like as well. He is that more well-rounded player, as I said. Some guys below Garrett are better at the other things. And really a guy, I like his game, like you said, down here. But his 2019 tape was pretty good. And that was as a very young player, he started playing almost immediately for Clemson. And a couple of things he could improve. He does need to work on his hand placement, but really just a good overall, well-rounded player. And I know I don't remember where I heard this, but there were people that were calling him uh, who's the Giants defensive tackle, Dexter Lawrence. Yes, they were calling him what? baby, baby Dexter. Oh my god! No, and no, no, there no, is no, no size like match up there with that comparison but I, I guess I could see play style a little bit but I, but just
0: because of the size difference so like Davis is maybe 6'2 probably 300 pounds but still that's three inches and 50, 50 pounds lighter than Lawrence <laughs> um, but yeah like he's you know definitely a solid run stopper he has more pass rush upside than you'd think um, but I mean that might be like inside the program and it might even be a bit tongue-in-cheek um but yeah i i don't know about that um so yeah i'm Ed, out on that as yeah, well yeah yeah so uh, with davis 4 i'll hit my four and i'm gonna stick in the acc and this is a guy that you didn't watch and this is a guy we kind of covered in our own separate watching so mine is Anesta nesta jade silvera who's the defense one of the defensive tackles for miami uh where's number one six, two, 306 pounds uh this is a guy kind of similar to davis just playing a different role um But this guy is the definition of like one gapping, penetrating defensive tackle. So he's kind of like Garrett, but he's a little bigger and, but he's a lot stronger and he's much better against the run, which is why I have him in my top five. Um, Let me just get to my notes here. Um, Like he's still a pretty solid athlete. Um, Not probably not as good as Garrett or some of the guys up at the top of the list, obviously. He's got good hands. Um, He's not, I think the one thing that I want to see him work on is uh, block shedding at the point of attack as a run defender. So like, when the running back is kind of coming towards him, he's not super great at like timely shedding the block to make the tackle. Um, But that, um, so that's the one thing I'm hoping he could improve on this year.
1: Yeah, definitely sounds like an interesting guy. Like you said, didn't get to watch him, but if he can be that take a little bit off the pass rush from Garrett and be more well-rounded, that can definitely be something that can get him drafted a little bit higher, get him up into that third round. And like you said, so definitely a, sounds like an interesting guy to watch this upcoming year. And then let's get into your number five. Then who's your number five.
0: So my number five is Devonta Wyatt. Um, it's not necessarily my fate. I think there's a decent, decently sized gap between four and five for me. Um, like when we talked about Wyatt, it was a little disappointing. And like I said, it kind of took me a little while to understand what he was good at. Um, but again, another guy that's a really good run defender can play a lot of different roles. Um, but he doesn't have that pass rushing upside that the guys like Nestor Jade Silvera have Um, it's, he need. that's a guy that like really needs to work on just using his strength properly. I think that kind of can be tied to a lot of things like your lower body build and strength, how you're using your hands. Um, So if he's somebody that can like, even just add like a bull rush as a pass rusher. and, And we talked about this last week again, that his, or whenever we talked about him is that his issue is that he's coming off the field a lot on like obvious passing downs because Georgia has, crazy explosive athletes that are better for that situation but even if he can just add like a simple bull rush just you know push the guard back into the lap of the quarterback then that's really all i need to see from him where he can be a true three down player
1: yeah and a guy that barely missed out on my top five he was right up there for five and he was competing and got beat out by his fellow georgia bulldog jordan davis <laughs> I alluded to it a little bit earlier with the Haskell Garrett talk about a guy who his one thing is just really good and better than other people's one thing, but he struggles a bit with the air stuff and Jordan Davis just holds up at the line very well should be a good fit as a two gapping nose tackle in the league, but he does need to improve as a pass rusher. I believe you said in 2019, he was a little bit lighter about 20 pounds lighter if I remember correctly. Possible. <laughs> I and don't uh, really. I, th- I think it was like 10. It was closer to 10. So he's 10. still
0: playing at 330. But yeah. So for Davis, it's kind of the other side of the coin. For Garrett, is that like I totally agree with you that that pass rushing uh, upside is important. Um, and I still have Garrett lower, one spot lower than him just because of how bad he's in run defense. But with Davis, you know, again, that's a guy that is going to be a one, maybe a two down player in most schemes. You know, we talked about there are some teams like this, the Patriots, the excuse me the Ravens the Steelers maybe the Packers who can use that big run stuffing nose tackle but there just aren't that many teams that know how to properly use a guy like that and would value his skill set at you know in as a you know top 75 pick
1: yeah definitely he is a very scheme specific player and those teams I believe are going to be the ones that one of those teams will draft him just because where they will value him as much higher than where other teams will value him. So I definitely think he ends up at a place where he can be at his most effective just because of where the value is in that. And last year we saw a guy like Tyler Shelvin who did fall a little bit, even though he was, I don't think he was as good as what Jordan Davis is right now, but Shelvin did, did end up going later. He went in the fourth round, I believe, because Again, not a lot of teams are looking for that, but the Bengals ended up drafting that for a specific skill set to try to win in their division, a very run-heavy division. And you can look at other teams that are in a similar situation, could look at him as well. But like you said, going to be a select number of teams that actually do look at him just because – even if he gets better, he's probably not going to ever be the guy you really want out there in passing situations. Even if he does improve at that, he just isn't that kind of athlete, a Vita Vea type at the nose tackle where he can be extremely effective as a pass rusher. He just isn't that type of athlete, and he doesn't really have that high-end upside. Maybe you can get his pass rushing better, so if there's a pass on first or second down, he doesn't struggle as much And isn't as detrimental to your defensive line, but realistically, he's never going to be a three down player. So he has his limitations, but like I said, what he does very well, he is better than most other defensive tackles that we have. And that'll be the end of our top five. So now we have a few honorable mentions each. So why don't you start us off with uh, your first honorable mention here, Mitch?
0: Yeah. So I'll just start off by saying that, you know, two guys that you had in your top five, Jordan, Davis and Hassel Garrett are number six and seven on my list. So, you know, I'm not as big a fan, but still, you know, recognize that those are good players who can contribute at the NFL level. Um, The other guys I want to mention uh, Thomas Booker was a guy I watched from Stanford. Um, It's interesting. He in 2020, he, only played on the left side of the defense like every snap was from the nose tackle to the left which was kind of just interesting fun fact about him um but they kind of run like a funky three four defense but he's got very good play strength like in all aspects of the game like really big strong lower body good hand strike power all that great against the run um you know makes sense he's not that doesn't have a ton of pass rush moves or counters um but you know, another guy that, you know, if he goes to a three, four team as a defensive end, you know, they're going to be really happy with what he can do. Um, the other guy that I uh, was interested in is that I was actually watching a different player, but uh, DJ Davidson, the nose tackle from Arizona State, flashed a lot for me. He's uh, 6'5, 325. I think he's going to be a fifth or sixth year senior this year. But I was saying this to you earlier that if, if a team wants a like discount bargain bin version of Jordan Davis in the, you know, mid day three, DJ Davis is your guy. Cause he is massive. He's, and he's moving people in the run game and even a bit in the pass game. And I think he's a bit better, obviously, you know, at that size, it's a bit of a moot point, but I think he's a bit better of an athlete than Jordan Davis. So I think those two guys would be the ones that I definitely want to mention.
1: Yeah. And like you said, you're, you had Davis and Garrett just missing out on your top five. For me, that was Devontae Wyatt, who was your number five, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yep. He was six for me, so we're not far off on him. And then I followed it up with another player we talked about and Corey Durden at seven, Mm -hmm. who I know I am higher on than you and lower on than some other people. People are all over the place. I think it mainly depends on what your mixture of what year you watched, how that got if you were watching exclusively 2019, I can see you being around where I am. If you were watching a mix, you would be a little bit lower, and then you'd be even lower if you were, if you were watching all 2020 because that, that was that's, that was rough.
0: That's where I am because he's not even in my top
1: ten. Yeah, hit close. <laughs> it, it was it was rough. I just he has a solid shot being a day two player. I don't think he has as high of an upside as some of these other guys that are. A bit lower that are better athletes. He does need to improve at holding up against the run, and definitely needs to work on his body, get in a lot better shape. Definitely could drop ten pounds; would be beneficial for him. And then I got three other players that I wanted to shout out. One, we'll start out with Antonio Shelton, going to be at Florida this year. Formerly at Penn State, I watched him because he did transfer to Florida, and. He's someone that I think can be a one tack to watch on day three. He has balance issues, which is rough for any defensive tackle to have. It's not super common, but he's off balance a lot, leads a lot with his body instead of his hands. And when he does lead with his hands, he has inconsistent hand placement. However, dude, dude's powerful. He's a very powerful player. He just, it's the rest of his game is just very rough. It's a very rough game, but he has the physical traits for a one tech of being extremely powerful, which you look for, but again, just a guy who would be, even on day three would be a bit of a developmental player. He just is not going to be ready to be on an NFL roster. And he is a fifth year senior as well. I believe just, it's tough because sometimes you just can't fix that stuff. But a guy that I could see someone taking a chance, throwing on a practice squad, and if they fix those issues, I can see him being a very productive player, but just has a lot of issues that need fixed. And Yeah, he, I- sounds,
0: he sounds like a guy that like a flash to some scout or like defensive line coach and like, oh, I love what this guy can do. I can fix him. Like just bring him in in the sixth round and we can stash
1: him and I can make him an all pro or something, you know. Yeah, yeah, because you you look at him and he does flash when he has when he has his balance right and he hits his hands in the right place. You see the flashes. He's driving back some good guards and with really great power. But it's just it's just rare. It's not there very often, and it's just hard to really be anything even. Even sixth, seventh round, you're still having to talk people into it. I would assume just because of how inconsistent it is. Like I said, his flashes are very good, but just too inconsistent. And then a couple guys that dig into my top ten start off with Tuli, Latuli, Gas, Noah from Washington. He's a, a nice strong player and has good hand power and decent placement, but he just does not have anything as a pass rusher in terms of moves just doesn't really do anything, lined up primarily as a two-tech and just really just lacked a lot of flash plays and just wasn't, wasn't doing a whole lot as a pass rusher other than just trying to drive the guard right back into the quarterback's lap. That was pretty much the only thing he could even attempt to do.
0: So I know some people had kind of had this issue with when they were watching Levi on was for Washington is that Washington's defense, they kind of put people in strange roles and a lot of what they're doing is like dropping eight and just rushing three. So they're not necessarily trying to actually generate pressure in the, in the more normal sense. Is that something that you kind of saw with him or do you think
1: it's more than that? Yeah, he's definitely playing opposition. So it's tough to get a real good look at him and also he did have some issues as a run defender, occasionally over-penetrating, mm-hmm. but again, just a guy that I definitely think has potential, but just haven't seen a whole lot of him. And Like you said, that Washington defense is very different from what your prototypical defense asks of its defensive line. And so it's tough to get a good look, especially when you're looking a year out. It's definitely even harder because you have even less film. Mm-hmm. And my final guy is Chris Henton from Michigan. Now, I'm going to start off with some of the weaknesses here. He was driven off the line on double teams, uh, significant, significant distance. He was really pushed back by doubles and sometimes, occasionally, singles. He wasn't necessarily doing anything against in the run game but really just what flashes for Henton is his punch he just has an extremely strong punch and the placement needs to be better he needs to add some pass rush moves but again another guy where with that initial punch and his also he has a he has shown the ability to be able to shed blocks and get to the running back near the line of scrimmage when he isn't being driven back. So really we want from him, I would be looking for a guy for improvement in terms of being able to hold up at the line and then adding the pass rush moves. It's the, the ability to get off blocks and actually make the tackle and the ability to have the power as a pass rusher and be able to bull rush is there just has a couple things missing that need to improve. And we talked about it before on a previous episode, that passive strength, that's what he needs to improve at, as well as the pass rush moves. But guy just flashed a lot and has a chance to jump up a little bit. But when we're looking at, in this class, once really you get past that top six, probably, maybe seven, I have, like I said, I haven't watched your number four, so that would be your seven for you. Once you get past that, I definitely see a significant drop-off. That would be after Devontae Wyatt. For me, I see a significant drop-off in the class and really just looking for some guys that flash a couple of traits to look for. I I
0: would agree with that with my list, too. So before we go, I want to ask you one thing. So what was a guy that – Surprise you in a positive way just kind of based on like what you heard about him or read about him and then what was the guy that did the same for you but in a negative way
1: so i will start off with the negative first because i am more ready for that it's dj dale i knew that was gonna be your answer <laughs> yeah yeah he definitely uh, surprised me as a guy who i just thought was going to be a better he was honestly and then the guy that surprised me the other way was you're a guy who you're even higher on than me is Devontae Wyatt. He mm. i i was not expecting a lot from him just because of having that lower production just because he is taken off the field. Like you said with those good edge rushers that Georgia has, they have good edge rushers. So it's reasonable to take them off. I was not expecting really even a top 10 guy even in this weaker class going in and another guy I would say who did surprise me a good amount was Dante Stills again a scheme specific player and definitely a guy who's not doing something that you are looking for him to do at the next level but I was not expecting a lot going into that based off of just the fact of what that West Virginia offense asked their three four dn types to do i was not expecting to be able to see much out of that and i really did like what i see what i saw out of him and just it's with him it's just so tough to get him into the right scheme Mm -hmm. for what he has to do and like we said some of the issues we had were well is this a issue? This issue is at him as a defensive end. Is he going to play defensive end, or is he going to bulk up a little bit and play inside? And then it was the other way. Well, this is his issue as a defensive tackle. It's not going to matter if he ends up playing that three-four DN, but it would matter if he's a three-tech. But really, outside of having those, I didn't expect him to actually have the good parts. Really going in. I didn't expect the good. I only expected all those bad negative parts. I just talked about, I didn't expect any of the good. So what about you? Who are, who are the guys that do that for you? I think probably
0: I'll start with the positive. Um, I would probably say that Perry and Winfrey was the positive surprise for me in that I just, I didn't expect the uh, amount of athleticism he has like It just really popped off the screen the first time I watched and I was like, okay, this guy is special Um, for the opposite way, a little tougher for me. I I think I would agree with you on Dale. But if I had to pick a different guy, I think I'd probably pick Jordan Davis just because, you know, I I think when you just see a guy who's 6'6", 340, like you just want him to be able to do more even as a pass rusher, you know, just get, just get like generate a bull rush against people just based on your size. Um, And, you know, he wasn't really able to consistently do that. So that was disappointing for me. So I'd say Perry and Winfrey is a positive and uh, Jordan Davis is the negative.
1: Yeah. And I I definitely feel like Jordan Davis early on in this draft cycle, like right when we got done with the 2021 draft, heard some buzz about him as a first round pick. And if I was going off of even a little bit later when he was still talked about as this really good one top guys, uh, right there after Liao, even then if I had gone into it with those expectations, I feel like I definitely would have had him in the category and same with Winfrey. It was, those are a couple guys where I just had higher expectations of Winfrey going in just because again, I had seen that people had him top three going in so i was expect I was kind of expecting him to be someone that flashed and I had seen Davis been in that five to eight range for guys so he was someone that i wasn't expecting as much from as a pass rusher. it's really just I think I had different expectations of those guys rather than significantly seeing them differently than you did right for sure. All right, that'll do it for us today on Fired Up NFL Draft. We'll be back next week. Let's get fired up.